Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you today on the other side. Uh, on the other side of the draft, we've had all of the new picks. We got nine new players plus undrafted free agents, which we'll mention a little bit. But it, it's been nice. We've had a little bit of time to digest um, all of the weekend's movements, whether the trades, the players, the players you didn't get, all those things. And it's been interesting. Um, I just finished right before I recorded this, did a full Daryl Luter Jr. breakdown over on our Patreon, which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, watching him play against UCLA, man, it was interesting. And that'll be loaded for the Patreon members. It's loading right now. So um, probably be up within the hour over on Patreon, but what I wanted to do in the title of this show, right, is, you know, putting the 49ers draft in context from a micro scale of each individual pick to a macro scale overall scores and grades from different kind of legitimate sources around around the league, including my own. Um, I went through and just tallied where each individual Niners player was picked versus where I had them ranked on my big board. Not that that means much, but I think that it tells a story. And calculating all those numbers to see what the overall grade is, the different groupings, all those things. So um, I, I think when we walk away today from this episode, I think that it tells it will paint a picture of the strengths and weaknesses of this draft. Now, can't have a conversation about draft grades without recognizing the big elephant in the room. One, grading a draft before any of these players have played in the NFL or had the opportunity to do so is problematic. Um, you know, they, they generally say you got to wait two to three years before you're able to adequately assess how these players are in the NFL. And that that's 100% correct. However, um, it is kind of fun to play the game of where the value picks were, who the value players were, what that looks like, um, and go through those and, you know, Spoiler alert, Niners didn't grade out well, really, by any metric, whether, you know, you're looking at PFF that just does a play-by-play -play analysis on each player, whether you're looking at film guys like Dane Brugler or Evan Silva or myself, but that does not mean this is a bad draft, and I think that the narrative kind of got out of hand with that kicker pick, and that's okay, whether you love it or you hate it, doesn't matter, the extremes both came out right? The people that loved it, the people that disliked it, neither one of which are wrong. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, and I'm excited for that because here's the best thing about this. We put our grades out there and, and, you know, one of my favorite things 
about doing all this draft work is that I get held accountable and I learn just like the teams do because it's easy to say, oh man, I really liked player X or player Y. Well, man, when we're doing this draft big board and stuff, it's easy to say you liked a player, but I had this guy ranked number 70, right? So I can say I liked him, but he was number 70 overall. What does that look like? So I want to be honest with myself, with the Niners and their process and allow it to unfold. Because we have this data now, right? And we get to see what it looks like. You know, And looking back at the old drafts, it's interesting. The players that we are really, really high on usually aren't the players that pan out. It's sometimes in between. And it's these guys that perhaps were overlooked or maybe undervalued that turn out. And the one thing I will say, and please hear me say this, the 49ers front office, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, coaches, scouts, they have so much capital built up, so much capital built up, that if they have a bad draft or two in a row, that's okay. Because they've hit so many freaking times. There's a reason why this team has been in the NFC Championship three out of four years without amazing quarterback play. And maybe you could say Brock Purdy's play was amazing. If you look at what he did, he was great. But he was only there for half of one of those runs. They have been able to do this without amazing quarterback play, which is an anomaly in today's NFL. You, you look at the three quarterbacks that were in the last NFC championship or the championships period, Patrick Mahomes, the best, you know, in the NFL. Um, then you had Joe Burrow, who's just, incredible and Jalen Hurts was a borderline MVP and then you had Brock Purdy it's just kind of the way it goes if you go back to the previous year it was Matt Stafford Jimmy Garoppolo um, and then guess what Burrow and Mahomes again so you keep getting these legitimate quarterbacks making it to the championship round games and the 49ers I do not consider Jimmy Garoppolo in the category of those other players i do not consider brock purdy yet in the category of those other players maybe jalen hurts just because they both have only done it for such a short time um but anyway i digress love the comments here we got clayton the man running it behind the scenes so if you got questions throw them up in the chat uh we'll get through some of those um and man i forgot to say this is episode 841 we are uh just climbing 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 that is a lot of episodes and here's to hoping we get another 841 so my rankings for each individual player. Let's go through and I tallied them up so you don't have to keep track at home. I don't want anybody's heads exploding trying to do math or arithmetic on the fly. I got you. Let's start with, uh, we'll just go through our picks. At pick 87, the Niners traded up four. They drafted Jair Brown, safety. I love this guy. I had him rated my 70th overall player. So they drafted him 87th. I had him 70th. That's plus 17 points. Right. So that's kind of the way we're doing this. Now, again, do I like trading up for a safety? No, I don't. It's not a premium position. However, they did trade up for a player that I had ranked higher than where the 49ers took him. Does that make sense? Um, so this is all about context. Hot takes aren't my thing. I'm not good at it because nuanced answers are the best answers you're ever going to get. It's very easy to say yes or no. And you don't have to put rationale behind that usually as much. I'm sitting here saying Jair Brown was a hell of a pick at pick 87. Do I like trading up for a safety? I don't. Do I like trade up for Jair Brown? I do. And so that's okay. You can kind of balance these two different aspects. That was a positive pick in the third round. Next pick, Jake Moody. Um, you took him 99th overall. 
I did not grade kickers, but let's just say hypothetically. And again, you got to understand, I do not believe in drafting kickers. If you spend a seventh rounder on a kicker, I'm totally cool with that. I get it. Jake Moody, arguably the best kicker to come out of the draft in a while. So I, I was lenient. I went with a six-round grade, the very first six-rounder on my board. Like, I'm trying to skew the – I'm trying to balance the people that love kickers, and I, they have value. I'm not an anti-Jake Moody guy. I'm an anti-drafting kickers before the sixth round. So the highest grade I would ever give a kicker, ever, in the history of mankind, even if I knew they were going to be a Hall of Famer, would be – the very first pick in the sixth round. And a lot of people say, well, if you keep getting Justin Tucker, then guess what? You got a deal. Well, guess what? Justin Tucker was an undrafted free agent. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, uh, <laughs> well, Greg, it says, Harbaugh said Moody made legendary status at Michigan. Yes, he did. He also said that um, Michael Crabtree had the best hands in the NFL and was one of the best wide receivers. And I'm going to say erroneous. Uh, wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, I disagree with that. And that's okay. Allowed, sorry, allowed to disagree with Harbaugh, allowed to disagree with Shannon, allowed to disagree with everybody except for my wife. Got to agree with her all the time. Uh, that way I don't get in trouble. Jack, my man, what's up, buddy? He says, John, I appreciate all your hard work every week. You know I tend to check out uh, until summer. Could you devote a segment soon to what the moves this offseason might tell us about Wilkes' direction? Ooh, I like that. Um I'm going to add that to my notes. Clayton, if you don't mind, uh, I don't want to type this out yet. Will you just uh, kind of save that and send it to me so I can add it to my show notes? This draft had Wilkes' fingerprints all over it. You got nine picks, five defense, three offense, one special teams, and two of which were, you know, secondary players and two linebackers. Like, yeah, this was a Wilkes draft 100%. I love that, Jack. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to try to keep you around. Just a little bit more because it, we, we do get into the dark ages here in a little bit. Schedule's supposed to come out. Uh, I think May 11th is what they're teasing, so about 10 days away. That's going to be huge for us because then we start planning all our 49ers rush road trips. And if you haven't come out for a rush road trip yet, this year we're going to get you out. No matter where you're at in the country, we're going to get you. We're, gonna, we're, we're coming to you, baby. Now, back to the numbers. Jake Moody was drafted 99th overall. The very first six-rounder on my board uh, was 194. So you subtract 99 from 194, that's a minus 95-point scale. Now, for other people, and again, this is based off my ranks. They're arbitrary. These are my ranks, right? So if you disagree with that, that's okay. Where would you have him, right? If you think the best kicker is a fourth-rounder or a fifth-rounder or whatever, you can change those numbers to wherever it is you want to fit to make yourself, you know, this is the value. I'm trying to figure out the value based on a pick versus big board selection. That's what we're trying to accomplish here. What's up, Mimi? Um, she says, any other year I, I would have an issue with drafting the kicker in the third, but this dude has potential to be in the league for years and the most effective draft of them all. And that's the thing. What has to happen for Jake Moody for this to be, quote-unquote, worth it or to, quote-unquote, how do you say, man, this was a home run pick. If he's not an all-pro kicker, meaning the best kicker in the NFL in the next three years, this was a gross misuse of draft capital in my assumption. Now, 
let's jump into Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's head, right? They don't consider this a third-round pick. They said this is a fourth-round pick. Third-round pick ended seven picks beforehand. This was a fourth-round pick. So now they're lessening the value of their own draft capital to justify taking a kicker. Kyle made a joke about it. Again, I, I'm going to keep playing this because I think it's I think it's quite interesting. Nine-second clip. Uh, Kyle joking about a kicker and not a running But back. it's not fun to have to go replace that. I mean, it was still... Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer? Or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers. For a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Can't believe we didn't take a running back. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was enough. It's funny to him. It's funny to him. Um, I, I want to play like the Joe Pesci like clip from Goodfellas. Oh, I'm funny? Funny how? Like, funny like a clown? Uh, <laughs> like, it's got that kind of mentality to it. What Kyle hears what people say, not what I say. I, I mean, hold on. Kyle's a Patreon subscriber. I should tell everybody that. Uh, I wish. Uh, but whatever. He hears the criticism. He just discounts it and jokes about it and belittles it. I don't like it too much, but hey, man, I love me some Kyle. Nobody's perfect. Again, I disagree with a lot of people on a lot of things. Um and it, it, it's it's interesting. So again, if if this guy goes out there and is an all pro in the next three years, then sure, justifiably awesome. And a lot of people want to come at me and say, "Well, look at what New England did. They traded up. It took a kicker like twelve spots after us. Therefore, we're justified." I'm sorry. The old eight. What is it? Um, if your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to do it too? That's just my own personal philosophy. Disagreeing with that's fine. Did the Niners need a kicker? I don't know. Um, you know, we we had our Zoom hangout last night, and we were going back and forth talking about where everybody fits as far as in the NFL for average percent of kickers or whatever else. Because somebody was like, oh, man, Jake Moody is 100% for back-to-back -back years on kicks 39 yards and below. And I was like, dude, that is awesome. That's incredible. So then I looked up the NFL. There were 17 kickers in the NFL that were 100% from 39 yards and below. And the next kicker after that, guess who it was? Chase McLaughlin, who we all know. We had him, right? Missed the Seahawks kick, whatever else. So I don't know. If this dude's a Hall of Fame kicker, then yeah, this pick was well justified. For sure, for sure. Mosquito Killer says, Rams grabbed one drafted, so we'll see who made the right choice. The, the narratives, the storylines, they build on themselves. And so we'll just have to see how that is. Um, we'll just have to see how that is. 
Um, let's see here. Rob D says needs time in developmental league equals juice. Average backup special teams equals Kittle, Hufunga. Nobody knows what a player can become. We do not. We do not, Rob. And that is a great point. And hear me say this. I hope every one of these players is an all pro. I hope every single one of them. Um, I hope every single one of them. Rob says we needed a kicker. Kyle knew that Moody wouldn't be there later. It was a smart move. We'll see. We we shall see. Um, you look at the players that were drafted immediately after. Good Lord. A lot of really good players went afterwards. So you have to judge those players by the context, and that's what we're trying to establish here. For me, and again, disagree all you want, I have a negative 95 pick scale on this. Negative 95. That's just me. And it, it, So again, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I think it was a really good move, just put a zero grade there. The highest kicker in the last decade. Maybe you have a second round grade. If you want to put plus points on a third round kicker, hey, man, uh, be my guest. Daryl, what's up, man? Appreciate you, buddy. He says, hey, JC, our undrafted free agent out of Marshall is a gym, bro. We got a lot of free agents. Now, I'm just going to be very honest. None of which I had graded in my 294 players. Uh, they went after scheme-specific guys. You're talking about running back Kalen LeBourne out of Marshall. He's a fun player. Uh, I'm going to be doing film on all of them over on our Patreon. But I want to keep going through the draft picks first. Um, and then we'll get to some of the undrafted guys for sure. For sure. Um, good point. Good point. Good point. So, moving on. Uh, Cameron Latu. Um, we picked him 101 overall. I had a 192 grade on him. I was very low on Latu. I think a lot of people kind of scratched their head. Um, it just didn't seem like a Niners fit for me. But that's okay. So a negative 91 points there. What's interesting is I had Cameron Law to 192, and then I had Braden Willis 200 right next to each other. It all depends on where you pick them, right? It, this is the taking draft capital into the equation. Next up, fifth rounder, Daryl Luter Jr. We took him 155. I had him 182nd overall, so that's minus 26. Robert Bill Jr. And again, these are my two favorite picks of the whole draft. I still graded them negatively because they were lower on my board. But they were premium positions and positions that I felt like both these guys were perfect fits, so I liked it more. The edge rusher out of Georgia, they took him 173. I had him rated 203. That's a negative 30. Next up, D winners. He was by far um, one of the better picks as far as the value goes. Linebacker D winners, they took him 216. I had him rated 127. So that's a plus 89. And so now we're starting to get some of that balance, right? Obviously, you're going to get better value late. That's just the way it always goes, right? Even if you get to put this, the flaws of this grading system that we're doing now. If the Patrick Mahomes was redrafted, and I had him number one overall on my board, and you took him number one overall, guess what? That's a wash. That's a zero-point gain because he went first. I had him graded first. You can't grade him higher than that. Can't take him earlier than that. So there's no value in this point system scale. So there's flaws in this. I understand. But I do think it's kind of cool to put a numerical value on each one of these players and as a whole because I think it tells a story. Um, David, he says, one of Bill... Winters or Looter will be a stud based on our past success in those rounds. I think you're exactly right, David. Um, I think you're exactly right. And if we grade this whole draft as a whole, you have to look at 
The Niners had the least amount of draft capital by a mile. CMC trade, the Trey Lance trade, by a mile. So you have to grade it on a scale. That's just the way the world works. What this example that we're going through is to try to remove that. Let's just judge each pick based on the value you got at that pick based by Rosie Cheat Chackman, right? Whatever. You disagree with me on my takes. That's cool. But I think this is an interesting process, right? So, like, even though I love Luter and Bill, they're both negative. I think slight reaches. Not too bad, though, in the fifth round. I think both good picks. But then you get somebody like D. Winters in the sixth. Holy freaking cow. He's my highest-ranked player, not named Jair Brown, in this whole draft. And you took him at 216. We didn't even need linebackers. We don't need linebackers. We took two best player available approach, but D winners is a stud. Uh, wait till I do that film. And again, you watch that Michigan film. It kind of skews everything. That's the best game. Any linebackers had probably the last three years <laughs> college football, but the rest of his tapes solid. Not like what it was against Michigan. Braden Willis, seventh rounders. You took up 247. I had him ranked 200th. He was 200th on my board. That's plus 47. Ronnie Bell, we took him 253. I had him 166. I had him 166. That's a plus 87. That's a huge value. And then last was Jalen Graham. Did not have him rated, so I gave him an undrafted free agent grade. Um, 255 is where we took him. I had him at 260. Minus five. So you add all these up. What do you get? You get minus seven. Not bad. Really not bad. Um, and that's even with me being pretty harsh on the kicker pick, numerically wise, right? Um, minus seven overall. So did you get huge values? Yes, you did late. Did you overreach and overdraft? Yes, in my opinion. Right? I just ascribed numerical values to these overreached. And so let's break it down in clusters. Third round picks, minus 169 total. I didn't like those. And that's with Jair Brown being a huge positive. Fifth round picks, minus 56 total. Sixth, seventh round picks, plus 218. This at least, above anything else, backs up the story. The Niners find gems late. Not anything new. Not a new narrative whatsoever. Will these players, like, okay, my best grade um, was plus 89 for D winners. He That's the biggest value. Is he going to be the best pick in this draft? Who knows? Who knows? But this is all based on what they accomplished before they joined the Niners. Fit, scheme, measurables, character, all those different things, right? Now, um, let's see here. Roy says, just wondering who was the next place kicker picked after Moody? Yeah, it was Chad Ryland out of Maryland. The, um... Patriots traded up and drafted him. And again, like the the lot I the argument I keep hearing and seeing is, well, Kyle Shanahan was right because he said not going to be a kicker later. And he was right because the Patriots traded up for a kicker um 12 picks later. That does not justify rational thought for me. Um that's just my own personal opinion. For example, let's just put this into context. Let's change to the running back position which I do not value whatsoever. Bijan Robinson. I think that dude is one of the best. Run- I have him graded higher than Saquon Barkley whenever he came out. Now, I'm a Longhorn, so I am biased, right? Do I think he's worth a top 10 pick? 
Yes, if you don't have major holes on your roster and you have a young quarterback. Falcons, they took them, they picked. They didn't have a lot of holes. They have a young quarterback. It's going to help them out. We'll see how it goes. Now, then the Detroit Lions take Jamar Gibbs 12th overall. That was asinine. That was stupid. One, I did not have, I had a second round grade, a low second round grade on Jamar Gibbs. He's undersized. Doesn't really fit the NFL style of running backs. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be really good. But that was crazy to me. I think by far one of the worst picks in the draft. Now we apply that to these kickers. Is Jake Moody, Bishad Robinson, and Chad Ryland, Jamar Gibbs of kickers? We'll see. And again, I see Bijan Robinson as an all-pro running back year two in the NFL. That's the same thing that's going to have to happen now for me to justify this pick legitimately. That's what it's going to have to be. I hope he does it. I'm a Jake Moody fan. I think he's great. Um, it's just the capital that was used, right? That, that's that's what all that's about. Now, let's look at this. Dane Brugler, okay, does more draft. All this guy does is research players coming out of high school. He does his 100-person freaks list, the best athletes to come out of high school um, every single year. He tracks them from high school. He tracks them through college to the NFL. Literally the best draft work that is out there, the most intrusive. Like, I mean, it's crazy. He ranked 1 through 32 how these teams did, okay? Let's just go through the NFC West plus the Eagles. The Eagles were number one overall. And you could say, well, oh, man, you, they had all this draft capital and whatever else, and they did. But good Lord, they used their draft capital, and I don't want to go through the Eagles or the Seahawks draft and do what I did for the Niners because I think it would make me cry. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> team happiness over here. He had Eagles best draft overall. He had the Seahawks fourth overall. He had the Cardinals 17th. He had the Rams 28th. And guess where the 49ers ranked? Dead last. 32nd out of 32nd. Is he going to be right? I don't know. You get an all-pro player out of this draft? Definitely not right. Like, you get one all-pro player, you're going to be all right. I think there's only 22 all-pro players every year. That's it. So you get one of those, you're going to be okay. You can go back to the first draft that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had draft was trash, right? Solomon Thomas, Joe Williams, Reuben Foster, bad, 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 bad. But it got saved. It got saved by George Kittle. You got an all pro player late. You're going to be all right. I think you got DJ Jones in that one as well, but like a, one player can save an entire thing. And especially when you didn't have a first, a second, or in Kyle Shanahan's language, a third round pick, because those comp picks count as fourth rounders in his book. You get one all-pro player, you're going to be okay. That's hard as hell to do. So many teams don't have all-pro players at all. Niners have like seven. So it's different. So again, Dane Brugler, Eagles first, Seahawks fourth, Cardinals 17th, Rams 28th, Niners dead last. Okay, PFF. They don't. They do draft analytics and all that stuff, but this is just all based off of a per snap basis and stats, 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 stats. Cardinals, A+, Seahawks, A, Rams, A-, 49ers, C-, worst grade given to any team. So I don't know. Um, do I think that they had the worst draft? I, I'm not going to go through all the other teams. I'm a Niners guy. It's going to be at the bottom. The three teams that I thought misused their draft funds the most, 
Detroit Lions, I think, had the worst. Um, I They were laughable bad. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, I did not think had a good draft. And the Niners, those three kind of stood out to me as, man, definitely didn't use their draft capital in a valuable way according to positions and players that most had ranked. I had us minus seven overall, right? So we'll see. Now, predicting these things, which is hilarious to me, we did our 49ers draft uh, contest for a Brandon Ayuk jersey, which is always fun every year. We do it every year, um, where every Patreon member put in, you know, everybody got five guesses. You got to pick five players that you think the Niners will land. Whoever gets the most right, you win an autograph Brandon Ayuk jersey. We do it every year. Last year, the winner got two correct. This year... The winner got two correct. And, <laughs> uh, we had, I don't know how many entries. I think like over 60. Eight people got one right. And a lot of those were Jake Moody. So a lot of you guys thought Jake Moody would be a pick. Maceo, shout out to the man Maceo himself, picked two guys. And he didn't pick Jake Moody. He picked uh, Willis, Braden Willis, and Ronnie Bell. And so I, I want to be sending that jersey out tomorrow to you, buddy. I just went through all the comments and tallied them late last night. Um and, you know, I, again, before I start getting to all these questions, Clayton, uh, if you want to start queuing those up, I, I just think it's important to understand it's hard as hell to predict the draft. We, Do you remember when Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams discussions and Josh Allen? Man, there were some prominent guys, uh, girls, content creators, national media guys that were saying like, oh, Quinnen Williams is a real option at number two. And I'm just like scratching my head. Like, you got to be freaking kidding me. A lot of people, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Montez Sweat even was in there. And I was just like, no, it's Bosa. It's got to be. People were disagreeing over the number two pick. We didn't pick until super, super late. So those things just get confusing. And we do have to wait. And I'm just going to keep diving through the film on these guys. And if you haven't joined us on Patreon you got to freaking do it, man. We had a Zoom hangout last night that was freaking hilarious. Uh, therapy session, talking about all these picks. It was just an absolute bat blast. So if you want to join the show, you want to help the show, this is how I feed my family. Uh, you want to see, we put almost twice as much content up on Patreon as when we go live here, and it's much more in-depth. So if you want to support the show, this is how you do it. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash 49ers podcast. And as soon as you sign up, you get almost everything, depending on the tier you pick. And if you're just interested in 49ers play, guess what? We have every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play from the last two and a half years. Every single game for the 49ers. Nobody else has this content. Now, not to mention we have extra episodes weekly. We've got scouting report breakdowns. We've got betting. We've got your one-stop shop for 49ers content. And if you want to be heard, guess what? We got Zoom Hangouts twice a month where we listen to you. Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google Patreon and 49ers. We're the first one that shows up. And so just sticking with that, just want to update you guys. We have we are bringing back our 1994 Wednesday watch party. So this Wednesday at 5.30, we're going to do a Zoom session. Uh, this is after the bye week. So this is the 49ers versus the Washington. They were the Redskins back then. Um, that's what we're going to be going through. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, excited about that game. That's going to be fun. So that's going to be Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. 
hang out. Uh, we'll be there. All the details are up on Patreon. As soon as you sign up, you get access to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So here we go. Let's do this, Clayton. We're going to turn it over to you, man. Let's bring these questions up. Dynamite Dave, he says, what's your take on the undrafted players, John? Um, first off, have not watched any of them. I'm being 100% transparent. And here's what's interesting. Right now, they didn't go after any top-tier guys that went undrafted. They went after guys that nobody had ranked that were smaller school, most of them. Fits. Now, uh, they, they went after a fullback, two running backs, one D lineman, two defensive backs, three O linemen, and one wide receiver. What's amazing to me out of that, not one quarterback. Not one quarterback so far. They have come out and said that they're going to add another quarterback, but they're not in a hurry to do so. Um, you got to have three quarterbacks for training camp. You have to. Right now, they got two. Um, Brock Purdy, I don't count because he's not going to be throwing. You almost always have three camp arms. Every NFL team does for camp. So they're going to add somebody. And again, this just makes even more laughable all the people claiming Trey Lance would be traded 100%. It's done deal. They're over with them. And they just keep moving the goalposts. Now he's going to be traded in the summer. Now they have, then they're going to say, oh, he's going to be traded after training. Oh, he's going to be traded when the season. Oh, he's going to, like, they're just going to keep moving the goalposts. This ain't, this never going to change. But the fact that they have not even added a quarterback is interesting to me. That's all. Um, so that's one of the things that's weird. So as far as the players, I pay more attention right now to the positions. Three offensive linemen, that stands out the most. Um, and two running backs, So which we always know. Every single year, one of the free agent running backs that gets added becomes a favorite last year. Jordan Mason, but I knew about Jordan Mason. I knew about several of the undrafted free agents last year. These guys, I'm just going to be honest. I think it, it's it's a testament to how hard this roster is going to be to make. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Slick, he says, JC, uh, do you think the Niners will sign a great free agent with that CMC money? I don't think so. I don't know. I want them to sign an edge. Somebody like Yannick Ngakwe, I want that. I don't know if they will. I could definitely just see them pocketing this money and rolling it over. They do it every year. They do it every year. If you look at the adjusted cap numbers for this year, the 49ers have the third highest adjusted cap. That means salary cap rollover or bonuses that were not met. And the Niners are going to keep doing that because that allows them to keep this window open. So the money will be spent. It's not like that money goes back into Jed York's pocket or anything like that. He's not being cheap. That's not what it is at all. But they like to have that extra cap just in case. Just in case you want to do a trade for a Christian McCaffrey or Emmanuel Sanders or um, Charles Aminahue or Justin Willis during the season, you have that room. You know, signing this draft class didn't cost anything. I think it was like just over $300,000 because the rule of 51, only the top 51 contracts count against the cap. So I don't know. John Lynch, when asked, he's like, yeah, we were just up against the wall. We didn't like it. We wanted a little bit of wiggle room. And so I, I would like to sign an edge. Part of me says, I don't know. This gives them room. If there was an injury during training camp or during the preseason where they could go address that, if they felt the need to do that. Um, so that, that's where I'll put that. That's where I'll put that. Matthew, uh, he says, got here late. That's okay, man. Just glad you're here, man. Uh, and everybody, uh, you guys are incredible. Uh, this is, 
I freaking love this time of year. The draft's over and it's just film, film, film. But uh, thank you. I'll, I'll take whatever we get. He says, all I got to say is Joey Fisher. Yeah. You're talking about the offensive lineman for Shepard. He's getting a lot of publicity on Twitter uh, for sure. Dude ran a 49640. 170, 1.7210 yard, 40 reps on the bench, which is the strongest in this class. He's a monster. Um, <laughs> we just gave him a bunch of money to come to San Francisco. So if you're upset about the Niners not drafting one offensive lineman, this is somewhat of a, I don't know, placation or consolation prize because, yeah, they, they added three undrafted free agents and they paid we'll, we'll go through all the signing bonuses once all that's put out officially uh and kind of see what that looks like but uh yeah we'll see and shepherd film's not going to be easy to to follow but they know a lot about shepherd because they were meeting with his quarterback several times um and so yeah they, they know a lot about this guy i'll say that i'll say that um david john what are your thoughts on the gtfo metric used by the 49ers analytics department yeah the, the get out the door, uh, we'll say that. Like uh, GTFO, if you want to look that up on Urban Dictionary, help yourself out. Uh, but Chris Kucerich kind of came up with this, and it's basically the first two steps of a D lineman, how fast they get out of the gate. And if you ever see you know, them working D line drills, it's get off, get off, get off, get off. That's what they work on nonstop, burst, burst, burst. So – yeah, it's something that measures just how quick your two steps are as a defensive lineman. And Robert Bill was at the top of the list. It makes sense. He's a 4-4 dude. So, yeah, it's, it's all about quickness early. Um, and so, yeah, what all they put in to calculate that, I don't know. And to measure that, I don't know. Maybe the amount of space that you eat up, the first time you engage with an offensive lineman, you know, whatever else. I, I I don't know what they use to calculate that, but again, it's it's just a measurement to determine how fast they get off the ball, defensive lineman. And whatever Kusarek's doing, we're going to need him more this year than probably ever before. Now, and here's why I say that. You've got 75% of the best defensive line in football. We run a four-man front. We've got three amazing. Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, great. You have depth. The problem is that fourth piece. I love Drake Jackson. I love that we got Robert Bill. I like that we signed Cleveland Farrell. But none of those guys has played anywhere close to the level of a Charles Omenihu, a Samson Ebukam, a Jordan Willis. You are going or Arden Key. One of the you're going to have to have somebody step up that number four spot. We'll see. You got bodies. You got bodies, but you need this uh, to work. David says, I think they use a GPS tracking to measure, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I wish that was there was more information out about that. Um, one of the things I would want to know with defensive players, every single position is a measurable analytic to where how close are they to the ball at the end of the play. That is something that I would want to know as a defensive coordinator. Like, and again, it's going to be relative for linebackers, safeties, corners, slot guys, D-line, D-tackles, whatever. I want guys that are always by the ball. And the film shows that, but it doesn't measure it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he's always close to the ball, but the GPS tracker. You put a GPS tracker in the ball. You put it in the shoulder pads. How close are they distance-wise from the end of the play where the ball is? That is an important metric to me. 
I want guys that's there. The Swarm, baby. Yes, the Swarm. I love it, Big Papa. Um, that, that's one of the things that I think is really, really important. Big Papa says, when it fits, um, <laughs> yeah, how is Miss Chapman's recent interviews going? It's going very, very well. Um, it is going very, very well. Uh, not a lot that we can finalize right now. It's such a long process. We'll find out a little bit more um, after May 20th, but I'll let you guys know. And for those of you who might not know, we're trying to get to the Bay Area. Um, that's what we're fighting for. So if Miss Chapman can get placement there, then we will be making that uh, adjustment hopefully this summer, but we'll see. If it doesn't go well and she don't get the job, then we got to go elsewhere, and that's okay. We'll be okay with that too. Mosquito Killer, what's up, man? He says, Raiders uh, definitely riding with Jimmy. They did not draft. They did draft a quarterback. I think it was Aiden O'Connell, but it was late. Um, when did they take him? Let me see here. I'll pull up the Raiders. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too because I thought for sure they would be getting somebody. They took Aiden O'Connell at the end of the fourth round, pick 135 out of Purdue. Um, yeah, and I'll... I didn't think they were going to take an early one because I think if they don't win this year, Josh McDaniel is going to be fired. Um, and hopefully nobody will ever give him a team again. He's not a good coach. He's not a good head coach. He's a good coordinator. But that dude, just no. Just no. <laughs> um, no. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, any more, Clayton? Or are we, we wrapped up? Okay, we got a couple more. Uh, Benji, he says, uh, man, first-time viewer. Really like your style. Knowledgeable so far. Sub and like. Look forward to content. What's up, man? Uh, it's Bim LJJ. I really appreciate that. And if you haven't joined us before, guess what? We do this all freaking year long. This is episode 841. Uh, we're not stopping. This is year eight for, oh, I can say that now. Our first draft, our first episode was right after the first round of the draft. So our anniversary clock kind of ticks every time the draft finishes. Um, so here we are. Uh, the 49ers Rush podcast into year eight. Hell yes, man. And I, I, I don't say this enough. I'm beyond thankful, man. I, I'm very, very thankful to be doing this. And this is our first year doing this full time. Um, so, yeah, man, thank you. And glad to have you. Uh, is it BIM? I don't, I don't know what to call you. Those are a lot of weird letters, but uh, welcome, my friend. <laughs> Keith. He says, we really need some major pressure from the opposite end of the roster. Can't have Bosa being double teamed 24-7. You know, again, if you want to see the difference Javon Hargrave makes, we put up two or three game films right after he uh, right after we signed him. So if you're on Patreon, just type in Javon Hargrave. Watch those Eagles tapes. They play with a five-person five defensive line. The most double-teamed person on that team, Javon Hargrave. And if and that's on a five man D line five. Now, if that same thing rings true this year, and it, Bosa will be double teamed more often, I, I believe that to be true. But if those double team numbers go down because Bosa was the most double teamed edge in the NFL last year, if those numbers go down just a little bit, I don't know if it's even possible. But the fact that Bosa could have a better year. Like, he was just the best defensive player in the NFL almost unanimously. That's scary to think about. Um, because if you're a team, and I think a lot of it depends on your offensive line personnel and your quarterback. Some quarterbacks, smaller quarterbacks, cannot handle pressure up the middle because they're so short they can't see over things. Um, other quarterbacks, they would prefer pressure from the outside, right? 
or, or they're scared of pressure on the outside. So it's just a difference. If you have a weak interior offensive line, you're on double inside. If you have a weak tackle, tackle you're going to put your tight ends and your chip blocks on Nick Bosa. But I can guarantee this. Nick Bosa will not have the same double team rate that he has had the first three years of his career. Not going to happen, which is scary. You just need one more person to step up. Just one. Just one. Uh, John, biggest post-draft concerns, center or right tackle? I think you got to go right tackle because I think <laughs> how many snaps did Colton McKivitz have at right tackle last year? Like 27, I think it was. Like small number, and it was just like, yeah, I think that would probably be the biggest. Not that I'm anti-Colton McKivitz. I've been saying Colton McKivitz would be the starter this year for a year and a half now. Uh, I did not think that they would pay McGlinchey. So, we'll see. We'll see. The good news is you got bodies behind at both. If Colton McKivitz doesn't work out, you got Jalen Moore. You signed, um, what's his name? The big the big old dude. Ah, what, what, ah what's his freaking name? Uh, he played at Tech. Goodness, uh, this is going to piss me off. Matt Pryor, thank you. Um, so you've got bodies there. you got a lot of bodies there. Center, I mean, good gosh. Jake Brindle was good last year. Not great. I, I don't like his run blocking. Maybe he improves on that this year some. Hopefully, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, we'll see. Latu says, uh, Matthew says, Latu has only played tight end for a couple years. We said we like that he was improving every year. That has a lot of potential. Yeah, you need to see him get more aggressive. You need to get to see him being a willing blocker. He's raw, which is crazy for an Alabama guy. So, yeah, and good news for him. He doesn't have to start. You got George Kittle here. He's not starting. There's not a George Kittle replacement that the Niners touched in this draft by any stretch. Braden Willis, no. Cameron Latu, no. But as a Roz Dwelly replacement, all right. All right, I could get behind that. Allow them to develop. Allow them to be coached up. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, Roy's place, he says, we will sign a free agent edge because we have too many snaps to absorb. That's my take. It will happen. I hope you're right, Roy. I really, really do. Um, I don't want to spend it all on the edge, but I would like that. Now, a couple just programming notes uh, that we got coming up. Let me get a drink of coffee here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am going to be live on Vicious Show tonight at 640. Uh, so if you want to go check that out tomorrow. Oh, we always have the John and Wayne Show on Tuesdays at 10. We're going to have Johnny Dell join us tomorrow. 10 a.m. Sorry, I'm getting choked up over here. My voice is not recovered from the draft, but that's okay. You guys are awesome. Appreciate y'all. Subscribe if you haven't. Until next time. Goodness, I'm not going to make it. Stay strong, faithful. Thank you, Clayton. You're the man. Peace.